Signs of Southland, we have a new recording provider, and we also have a hellaciously funny European final that we all just saw. Mr. Grant, do you want to tell me about the plight of the English national soccer team? Um, well, see, I'm not the most educated on the world of soccer, uh, but a wise man, a.k.a. the general consensus on Twitter, tells me that they are some cross of Atlanta and Georgia uh, sporting luck. Uh, so I choose to believe the latter, uh, and in which case the end was hilarious. And as a, uh, what, third generation Italian-American, you know, just double win for me, I guess. Podcasting is a visual medium, so you can definitely see Jake contain himself or contain the hand wringing right now. Uh, that, you know, speaking speaking is an active uh, form. It's, but, you know, it's a full body experience. Of full course. Full body experience. Of course. I, I will say I do remember watching the last time Italy won the World Cup. So, you know, not, not a complete noob in watching that, but... Um, I did just think it was annoying that everybody was saying it was coming home because that's that's pretty cocky, man. I, I mean, I don't know. it's a you bit, right? Project. The whole thing is but, a yeah. bit. The whole thing is a bit. It's just like it's it's the same thing as uh, as you know Athens saying every year is their year. It's the exact same thing, and it just so happens that it second in twenty six decided to happen again. The um, there's a twenty eight to three joke buried in there somewhere, but I'll spare everyone that. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's really one of those days. I found myself watching the MLB draft. Um, even though, I mean, we've we've talked about recruiting. I'm generally ambivalent to that. I feel kind of similar about most drafts. Um, you know, it, it's a Sunday. Baseball got rained out. All the all the rest of the stuff. You're you're a USA guy. That does that doesn't start till nine. NBA finals not till eight. The NBA finals pretty off twenty minutes ago. Uh, yeah, I said it's NBA finals didn't start till eight. We, we I had to kill some time in the middle of the day, is what I'm saying. And uh, you know that that's life without college sports too. Yeah, it is the dregs of the college sports season, the doldrums, if you will. So to fill the void. In everyone's heart, we are going to start previewing some of Georgia Tech's uh, sports programs. Today, we're going to do track and field and also cross country. Uh, there's a lot of overlap between these two, so I figured we'd do it that way. Uh, we have a schedule set up for the next couple of weeks until football season. I think we're going in the reverse order of, with, of how these sports finished chronologically, just so that we time up with football at the very end. Um, but yeah, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with track? Do you want to start with field? Or do you want to start with cross country? <laughs> I think uh, it'd probably be most fitting for our format to start with track and field. Uh, obviously, cross country in a normal year would finish pretty late. But like Akshay said, there's there's a pretty massive overlap here. Um, so we're we're double dipping on this. A lot of the a lot of the names, the coaching staffs, um, stuff like that, kind of kind of stay the same between the two um track though you'll remember is also the sport that's been done for the least amount of time so um especially in a preview like this i don't think we can talk as much roster construction and event picking and you know what indoor track meets are going to look like in in the spring because 
honestly, <laughs> a lot of the time the schedule uh, for those kind of kind of throws us for the loop. But we can talk about the basics. We can hit on what they did this year and uh, and then circle back. It's an extremely early preview. It's like releasing a poll right after the final seconds of the football national championship, like CBS does yeah. every year. You know? Um, but yeah, no, we get that like every person kind of comes into the non rev sports in their own way too. So we want to make sure that we hit on some of the higher level stuff here this year too. This is this is the first year we really are digging in and doing sports specific previews. Usually those have been more written up, but this is more so you can follow along with some of the things that we say during the year that we might uh, be more prone to just blow through. Um, and with that, um, what is track, Akshay? What is track? Well, you know, it's a very philosophical question. What is a track? What is a, you know, what is the idea of a track? What is the concept? of track and really to answer that you, you have to think on your feet literally track is a lot of running and it's also a lot of throwing heavy objects and also jumping uh, yeah. among other things so you'll see your usual hurdles you'll see your sprints anything during that second week of the olympics where it's all track events on uh, on tape delay in the u.s on nbc that is what you that is what you want to think of so you're hurdles, your long jumps, your uh, javelins, your um, high jumps, all that stuff is what is what we're going to be talking about. And that, that being said, a lot of schools do a lot, a lot of events, right? The, the distribution here is not necessarily everyone has one athlete for every event. Um, I think most schools run, but especially for the, like, since there's such a diversity of field events, you're not going to see full coverage. Um, yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. You dove right into the Olympics things too, because for the longest time, um, th there's uh, several different groups of monetary distributions uh, of money from the Olympics, but for the longest time, um, the only, uh, federation at the top of that pyramid was athletics. They, they call track and field athletics, but obviously a little the bit, a little bit <laughs> different sense of the word here in America. Um, 40 million a piece actually in the, in the last TV deal. Um, but uh, when though, I guess in kind of our college sports context, obviously football is king, but basketball, baseball, volleyball, softball, track and field um, often gets kind of the, the short shrift, I think. Um, but when it comes to the Olympics, um, they're actually the, the point of the pyramid. Now it's, now it's them gymnastics and aquatics, which I think, for our uh, American television experience, kind of kind of makes sense uh, given the the focus on on those two sports, and honestly, it's track's biggest stage too. But um, like Akshay said, rowing, throwing, jumping, or not bleh, running, throwing, jumping, <laughs> not rowing. That's different. What you would think of traditionally as athletics, like yes. the, the name is not necessarily incorrect. Is the is the bit here? Exactly. Um, uh, in terms of Georgia Tech specifically, um, we have 17 varsity sports. Uh, track actually counts for four of those. Yes, um, the men's and women's teams, obviously, but each of those teams is also broken out into indoor and outdoor uh, seasons as well. Uh, so yeah, it, I guess it's kind of unfair of us to cover six teams in, in one fell swoop, but again, there, there's a lot of overlap here. 
Um, in terms of indoor track uh, and cross country, you might be saying, hey, there's no indoor field house at Tech. There's no cross country course cutting through Midtown. Um, so they don't really have home events, but in terms of outdoor track, you do get, um, what is it? Two, I think we usually have two home events every year. Yeah, two or three track. this past cycle. Yeah, um, and if we get ACC championships, which has happened because we have a relatively decent uh, track, um, that, that adds another one to the, to the ring. Um, it's a relatively recently renovated physical uh, surface. Um, it's, it's gold and navy now mostly it was uh, faded out and reddish pink, you know, you know generic track color um, mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, they tore down, I believe, the press box and bathrooms and didn't really replace them with anything. But um, when they finished Ken Byers, uh, for those of you who've been to a tennis match, uh, they, they put track stands on the backside of, of the tennis stands. So it's kind of like one facility sharing that like upper, that upper concourse. So if there's going to be a home meet, it's there. Um, track in general, when it does come to meets, doesn't have uh, dual meets or head-to-head uh, -head matchups in the typical sporting sense of the term. You know, your your Georgia Tech versus Syracuse basketball, your, mm -hmm. um, you know, typical match, I guess. Um, which also means that they kind of have a the, – the most unique – competitive profile i think in terms of all the sports we cover like yes golf not a lot of dual matches there or anything like that but um in track you also get a lot of amateurs and and other non-affiliated runners that can be entered into meet so you'll see yeah d1 but some d2 d3 schools the atlanta track uh clubs and and other other runners sometimes make their way into the meets um tech won't really always send the whole team to a meet, which does make it a little bit tough to judge apples to apples, how they're doing as the season rolls on uh, relative to, I guess, their peers. You know, if you're not, you know, if you're not running out your full team every week, it's a little bit tough to, to see how they're doing. But um, I think that's, that's the gist of like the, the structural aspect of, of, of tech track. Yeah. Did I miss anything? No, I, I would add, in addition, you also have two NCAA championships, right? You have the indoor and the outdoor championships yeah. because, um, but, I mean, because you have indoor and outdoor competition. I think the difference between indoor and outdoor is mainly for running because of the airflow, if I remember correctly. There's something to do with time, like time adjustments based on airflow for the running, uh, based on altitude. Um, and so the, you have outdoor and indoor championships to account for that. Well, I mean, that, that's a whole interesting, uh, spiel you can get into in the, in the world of running and, and track and cross country. You can sometimes, uh, see, you know, uh, past tech, um, events in particular, a record gets set and then not count because of how strong the wind was, uh, mm -hmm. on a course on a given day or, at the outdoor track, you don't really have that same issue indoors. And, and also from a feasibility standpoint, you know, the bigger you're making that indoor track, the more expensive that, that space is going to be to cover and heat and, you know, like it, it, it scale your main your issues. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those maintenance costs um, go up. My uh, fun little Jake aside is the first uh, 
permanent indoor track in, in America was built in Oak Park, Illinois. So yeah, <laughs> that's, that's my random Jake past life sport plug of the day. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of, in terms of competition, there definitely is a lot of it. Would, wouldn't you say like, just in terms of like multi-day events There's and so many, like it's the, like you have to think of, uh college track meets and college like in these kinds of athletic events like you do for the olympics the olympics is a what like that track meet for the olympics is a one week full long process with a bunch of events scheduled here and there Mm -hmm. you have to think of these um you have to think of college athletics meets the same way but they have to fit it into a weekend because quote unquote student athletes uh, so that's like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is what they're going to um, is usually what they're going to plan around. And obviously they also have like a short, they have a shortened event schedule because they're not the Olympics. So we have a bunch of teams competing in a bunch of events on a bunch of weekends during the spring. There's a, and a bunch of opportunities to watch them uh, usually on like ESPN plus or ESPN three. Like we got a bunch of track meets on streaming this year which was kind of cool to watch yeah they were on um like big espn uh the u espn u i think they were like on the u they were on um they were just on espn3 i think some of the bigger meets are on you um and they also get some commentary uh whereas the smaller some of the smaller meets that are just being streamed and you don't really get commentary all you get is the uh, pa announcer with the starts well, you, you got to think in context too. large teams over many high schools, the amount of people and it probably extends to people who listen to this podcast. Let us know if it's you <laughs> um, that just ran track in in high school or ran cross country in high school is just immense in this country. Like for how much it doesn't always resonate in our like like collective uh pop culture of sports you know outside of olympic years like there's a substantial amount of people who who run track who ran track Uh, i mean obviously 5k 10k marathon is something people continue to do and into adulthood but um if you look at the viewership numbers uh when it comes to the outdoor track meets in particular at the end of the year you're you're drawing six sometimes seven and decently into seven figures uh, in terms of, in terms of uh, the eyeballs you're getting. So definitely nothing to slouch at in, in terms of like what we've seen from tech. Um, we'll, we'll dive more into, into postseason stuff uh, in the cross country. Cause we've seen a little bit more sustained team success there, but Georgia tech for all the, I guess, lack of vigor or lack of notoriety that, I think track deserves more of like we've had quite a few all Americans and, and successful finishes in the last five, 10 years. And, and that's, that's coaching, that's recruiting, but it, it's, I, I don't know. It's tough to go up against the juggernauts and, and it's something we've always had uh, a struggle with, but we've, we've seen players, athletes put it all together on the flats too. Yeah, I, I mean, if you want to talk about the men specifically, they have they've had a bunch of individual success recently. I think the big name on that list is is Andrew Kent, 
um, and his event perform performances so far, especially in the last two years. Um, mm -hmm. The team as a collective, I think they're they're on the rise. I think they they've got a bunch of bunch of younger kids that are you know rotating in, adding some of that depth. Uh, but it, it, for the men, the goal or not the goal, but at least the reality has been a lot more individual stars, individual success. Um, and while the team grows. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too, is it seems like there's someone from every recruiting class or every other recruiting class that bubbles up to be this transcendent talent NCAA invites showing success down the stretch. Um, Andrew Kent obviously comes to mind, but if you go a little bit further back, like the home Solomon, mm -hmm. one of the best to ever do it at tech in definitely the more individual quote unquote podcasting, visual yeah. medium, blah, blah, blah. Um, sports like did not lack for talent. Um, it, you see it, uh, tech churns out hurdlers, jumpers, um, like really nobody's business, especially on the women's side. Um, you see it in, in, obviously Bria Matthews this year, but uh, in the past as well, putting, you know, multiple, multiple people in an NCAA final is not a bad place to be. There's just not really a ton of up and down the roster, all American talent. Right. And, and that's, that's something you also kind of have to expect for a, a place without an indoor track and nowhere soon is there going to be a place to put an indoor track on campus, you know, nowhere soon oh, yeah. is there going to be the, like, like we can we can complain six ways to Sunday about oh women's soccer men's soccer we want that or beach volleyball whatever. Don't believe me, I'll complain. Oh yeah, for sure. But that's like like the time now is to say hey, there's there's a worthwhile reason that we're put we're trying to put three plus million dollars into a, a track locker room and and facility. Mm -hmm. That that's that's what it takes is that is that investment and even without that like. I mean, Matt Page, we, we talked about the jumping and the hurdling. Other people see that too. Like he, he's going to go coach the Olympic team. That's, that's a pretty uh, clear endorsement of the past uh, in terms of recent success for the track team, right? Yeah, and, and I would add to that, track is one of the sports that Tech has Olympic medals in, right? Yeah. Dante Lowe went to the 08 Beijing games and I have her page pulled up. She went to the 08 Beijing games and, and posted the bronze medal uh, in the high jump. She did a high jump and long jump at tech. Um, there's a bunch of other world championship medals here too. 05 in Helsinki, there's a silver medal. Uh, and then in indoor, there's a gold medal in 2012 in Istanbul. And then in Doha in uh, 2010, there's a bronze medal. She also holds the American record uh, in the outdoor high jump uh, at two meters, 2.5, 2, 2.05 meters. And that's from 2010. And then the indoor record uh, of 2.02 meters in 2012. So you're looking at, you know, um, some Olympic pedigree, especially for Nat Page. And like you said, he's the one that's going to the Olympics and coaching, you know, the jumps team, the hurdles team. Uh, and speaking of the hurdles, you also have um, a bunch of athletes that have really been uh, uh, really been good at that in, in recent years. Right. Uh, especially at tech. Yeah, I am. Uh, I, I added a note to our shot sheet before we get to cross country. Um, but in terms of 
hurdling uh, at Tech. That has definitely been uh, at the top, and I'm absolutely blanking. Uh, shame on me. Uh, it's time to consult the the website to fill in his memory. It's only been two, three years, but you write about so many of these things that it goes in and out of <laughs> in and out of the years. Women's track and field. Yeah. Page, and we're looking at news. And we're trying to remember. So Bree Matthews was doing the long jump. Long and triple, yeah. Yeah, long and triple jumps. Um, Janine Williams. Janine Williams. I sat here. I thought about it long enough. And then it came back to me. Yes. Yeah. So it's Boom. you have a bunch. Like Janine Williams isn't the only one either. Like No, not at all. Not at all. We're just blanking on the names. But there, there's been a bunch that are... Uh, uh, that are this way. Like a, another example here, um, Olivia Moore uh, was a second team All American in the pole vault. So that's another, another, you know, feather in that calf. Um, you have Fegans doing the, and we were going to talk about Nicole Fegans. Fegans running the 5K, Fegans running the 3K. Uh, Andrew Kent, like we talked about before, uh, running the 3K. Um, yep. Liz Galarza running the 5K. Andrew Kent again running the 3K. Um, and then Andrew Ken again in the, in the men's 5k. So you have a bunch of these, you have a, you have a bunch of, again, it's all about that individual success. These teams are growing. These teams are getting better, but the, where we've seen, you know, notable performances has been really at those individual levels. I feel like, and shame on us a little bit for this, but we spend a lot more time talking about a relatively similar sport swimming just because of our Browns is once in future swimmers. Um, but how how we talk about track should really reflect how we talk about swimming. Because at the end of the day, uh, obviously Olympic pool is a little bit nicer facilities wise, but at the end of the day, you're you're really having the same like kind of phenomenon, right? Like, yeah, um, women's swimming top 30. How they do it by having a couple really, really top tier athletes scoring points. That is the same thing we see in track, is it not? That and and, and honestly, having Nicole Fegans, I, I heard on the podcast she's coming back for another year, and that was from the big man himself. So I'm gonna assume that to be true, but obviously roster and injury and all none like, of this roster. That's the danger. That was like her doing these previews right now. Year. That's the so, absolute danger of doing these previews right now is that like we don't know what this roster is gonna look like, and we're doing this preview like two months after the season is over. But, you know, at the same time, I think we can talk a lot more about sort of those high-level trends, right? We could talk about the men's team as a whole. We could talk about the women's team as a whole. We can, you know, educate on the setup of the sport and how it works and, and set you up for success. And so when the spring comes along or the later part of the fall, you can, you know, you're able to digest what that format looks like. And, and I'd, so much rather give them a whole episode now than have to jam something in in the spring when we're talking about basketball, baseball, softball, football. It's busy. Stuff's busy. It, it, it really is. Uh, honestly, bless the summer for at least a little bit of a break. Um, but yeah, in terms of returning contributors, um, you know, that it, Bria Matthews has been around a while. Um, like we said, nothing's really set in stone until we see January uh, just because track it, it's, it's hard to capture roster turnover as much. It's hard to capture um, some of the 
it's just not as public, right? If, if, if Jeff Sims were to, you know, have a hangnail, the entire Twitterverse would know about it. And it's a little bit different yeah. when it comes to this. Um, no, ha no hangnails for Jeff Sims, please. Knock on some wood, my guy. Could you hear that? Yes, we're good. All right. We're good. Um, I think I think we've uh, yeah. spun our wheels on the track part. Yeah. So before we move over to cross country, I know you wanted to get to something. Yes. Um, I think one of the aspects about these teams that is the most intriguing, the most interesting to me is the the weird winding. Like we can talk about Georgia Tech football history. It's fascinating, whatever. But like how that like seeps down into the, the, the weird twisting aspects of the rest of the athlete. We're football school, right? Football is going to drive what we do. I want to ask you a question, oh Akshay. Oh, God. The answer is not obvious here. But who was our first track coach or cross country or, or whoever? Uh, my gut says Griffin, but I feel like it's actually Heisman. That is exactly correct. It was not Griffin. It was actually Heisman. Yeah, because Heisman was basically the athletic director in charge of three, four different teams because he coached he basketball, basketball, baseball, football. Yep. Track. And I think he coached a little bit of tennis, too. Renaissance man. Truly. And performed in Shakespeare plays on the side. Um but yes, Heisman was hired away to also be our track coach. Track, it, it, turn of the 20th century, big deal sport too. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, some, all right, go do that thing. There, there, there was big money in track. Um, but yes, um, they were also led by uh, which other famous Georgia Tech football coach? Uh, Alexander. Yep, they were. Um, wow, you're making... You're making this too easy. Maybe I should uh, I've talked to you way too often is the problem. For sure. Um, but um, since 1932, when Georgia Tech joined the Southeastern Conference, including George Griffin, how many head track and field head coaches have there been at Georgia Tech? Can I just give you a range? No, it's, it's, an, it's an integer value. I want an integer. It's less than 10. How's that? There's like three, 32 million of those. Um, less is, I was going to say less than 10. I really think it's the sweet spot is probably around seven. Four. I think that speaks to the longevity of the program, right? Like that is uh, very, very consistent. Like, like, you know, Georgia Tech has kind of always sat at that. We're going to churn out a couple, a couple stars, and and make sure everyone else gets educated. And you know that that's a that's a successful a successful experience. Um, Georgia Tech also basically had the inaugural uh, track and field and cross country uh, SEC championships on lock. Um, let's see what else do I have uh, on these. Uh, on these interesting things, not not a ton that we haven't really touched on in terms of concepts. Uh, but do you we have we, any cross country ones by chance. Do I have some cross country ones? You have uh, some cross country trivia as a segue. All right. Um, what was their most infamous recruiting tool? Oh, crap! Uh, freshman cake race. Yep, started in 1911 by uh, 
coach George Griffin uh, to uh, find random people who could run in the tech student body. So that's your rec club plug of this podcast too. Yeah. I mean, that is, that do be something that we put on three times. It, it is, uh, um, what was I going to say? It, it, it's helpful to tie that in for other students I've found and be like, Hey, like that cross country team, like remember doing the freshman cake race. Yeah. You should care about them a little bit more because of that. And sometimes it works. Um, they also, it's also, you know, a self-fulfilling prophecy because those yep. track and cross country kids routinely just absolutely blitz the field in the freshman yep. cake race. They're yeah. also, I'm pretty sure they get forced to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Tradition, not, man. Not just Red Club waking them up. I'm pretty sure they just get normally forced to do it. Tradition. Tradition. Um, um, bum, bum, bum. All right. Let's, let's yeah. actually talk about cross country. Like, what is cross country? Say, uh, the rest of my stuff was just about random gold medals and stuff. So we will we'll, we'll pad uh, time. We'll pad time later. Uh, every podcast is someone's first. Every podcast is someone's first. What is cross country? Cross country at its core is a long running. It is what it sounds like. It's what's written on the tin. Cross country running. You run long distances across a you know differently graded and differently um constructed route and first person past the post wins uh where do they play on campus well they don't have a dedicated facility like griffin track we don't like jake said earlier we don't have a dedicated uh cross-country course on campus or even in town so what they'll do is they'll basically apply route around atlanta and they'll run that uh run that route for for practice and then they'll go out to these competitions uh, and then, uh, you know, they'll practice on those or they'll, they'll run on those more diverse construction uh, courses. I see you're, you're adding to the shot sheet while I'm talking. Yep. You want to, you want to. I was hoping you just read off what I was typing as I was typing it, but. Too slow. All right. Jake's suggestion is that they cap the connector so that tech can build a cross country course through the parks that are slated for that development. That's a that's a whole nother podcast there, I think. <laughs> maybe podcasts. maybe next summer. We'll see if it's actually a thing. Multiple podcasts. Uh, I, I, the competition structure is similar. Uh, I mean, you obviously don't have indoor cross country, I'm pretty sure. Well, um, there's there's really only one event, too, for each gender. Yeah. So it's just cross country. I think it's just at different lengths, right? Yeah. yeah. So you have multiple lengths. You obviously split across gender. It's also still split squad, if I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure, um, but you only have the one championship. You don't have outdoor versus indoor. Um, you just have the one set of championships. Walk me through some of the recent performances in terms of cross country. How are we doing? How are we looking? What are we? What are you going to cross country meets or watching those to expect? Uh, well, one, I, I wish I could watch country meet, uh, cross country meets, but sadly, um, unlike track, there has not been a real explosion in terms of filming them, uh, putting them up to air, uh, et cetera. So I've never, I've never actually seen our cross country team compete. That is, that is my honest truth, sir. Um, but in terms of uh, recent history, it's actually been for the women, arguably their if not their best stretch but one of the top two or three um 
the two of them, uh, in terms of both teams, have kind of uh, sat uh, historically in like ten, five, 10 year frame, 10th, 14th, 8th, that kind of range of the ACC. Once you get past the top five, it's kind of been a lot of uh, just kind of not also rands, but not not particularly, um, I guess, uh, competitive in terms of championships. However, this past season, uh, the women were not really a stone's throw because NC State kind of locks down cross-country competition in the ACC. That should be a theme. NC State, better than you'd think at most random sports, but just cannot break through in most of the ones that matter. Um, Georgia Tech, um, of course, not only did they um, have quite a bit of success at ACCs, they also got 20th at NCAAs uh, in the spring. Uh, Nicole Figgins got 12th. She was our highest finisher um, by a decent margin, but not terribly so. Um, so, yeah, top 20, uh, best finish, uh, I believe, since 2001, uh, but I did not write that down because I'm an idiot. It is 2001. Um, it is yeah. 2001 because I pulled up the article on ramblingwreck.com right as you were talking about it. 26 uh, places in 2001. It also complements uh, 2019, in which we were also a top 30 team, which was the previous Georgia Tech hasn't done this since 2001 kind of season. So they took that in 2019, um, and, and then they, they topped it uh, with the 2020 I get the championship happened in 2021, but it, it's the 2020 season. Um, so that is a program that saw steady development, uh, recruited pretty darn well. Um, Georgia Tech, uh, if you couldn't tell, has outside of hurdles and jumps, probably seen its best success. Um, Andrew Kent, Fegans, Galarza um, in these distance events. Uh, so great for them. Uh, having Fegans presumably back another year helps that. Um, but the problem is the core is aging on that team. Mm -hmm. So it's time to either retool or rebuild. And how that translates in terms of how fresh people are coming out of school, what rankings and, and stuff look like for recruits, I honestly, cross my heart, couldn't really tell you. I wish I could, but, you know, it, it's – it's not even developed as, as like tennis or swimming kind of thing, let alone obviously football, baseball, basketball. Yeah. And, and to just talk about the men a little bit, uh, there's not much, not much in the way of news that I can really pick names out of. Uh, that's not to say that they weren't good, but it's just the, the meets were all last fall for cross country, more or less. And then the championships were in the spring. So you have this weird dichotomy uh, yeah, the of how the season worked out in 2020. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Just to talk about some of these top five finishes uh, out of the meets that I can see here on the men's side. Uh, at Florida's Invitational, James uh, Cragen placed sixth. The team placed second. Andrew Kent placed second at the FSU Invitational. The team placed second. Uh, and Kent placed 15th in the UAB Invitational, uh, and play, and the team placed fifth. I see you waving your arms. <laughs> I, was, I was trying you. to like emphasize the point. Florida was probably our best, uh, if not all around performance, definitely for the men getting second in in an SEC ACC type field. 
not not bad. And that was probably, uh, in my humble opinion, their their performance highlight of the year. Quite frankly, I thought that would translate a little bit better to ACCs, but uh, the, the the Northern schools kind of impressed me just just a little bit more than I would expect. But I think I think we can say we see growth there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you see two. I mean, it's three top five finishes. And the finishers, I mean, you have just looking at the results here, um, top, most of them are within the top 20 for the first two meets. And then uh, you get a little bit lower uh, in the uh, UAB meet. I think that also includes a bunch more teams. Actually, I think the UAB yeah. and Florida State one had, had equivalent teams. But the, the point remains that they're still doing pretty well. I think they're more of a not necessarily a rebuild and retool, but what they're still evolving, right? How does the depth, what, how, who separates themselves in terms of the depth? Who um, yep. is Andrew Kent coming back? Cause you, I know we, before we recorded, you, you're saying that he was a senior. Is he, is he coming back for his second senior year? Um, these sorts of things, how does that roster look and how does that roster produce these are questions that like they're, they seem like cliche questions, right? But at the same time, they're not, they're actually, I'm asking these in serious ways. Oh yeah. It's, it's who separates themselves from the pack, both literally in terms of the race and, you know, uh, metaphorically in terms of how, who steps up. I would agree. Um, I think the, the men's team just has a lot of kids that are slotting in with very similar times and you know what? Great. We just need, you can be, you can have a team of a lot of depth and that's awesome, but there also needs to be just one or two that break through. And I think that's probably their biggest question going into next year is, is somebody going to, or some more than Andrew Kent, Cragen's had some great races, you know, just, just be more, uh, I guess they want to get more top heavy than they are, which sounds weird to say, but. So yeah. just, to, just to talk about their normal schedule, um, last year, they only had three invitationals on both sides, which I yeah. don't feel is particularly, you know, regular. I'm looking back at 2019 and they had five meets yeah. between the between August and November. And that includes ACC championships in, this, in the NCAA regional. Um, I think that's more of your normal schedule, your normal year. So look for a little bit more diversity in terms of results, um, in terms of who steps up. Because, I mean, three meets is three meets. And are also they were all Southeastern meets. So let's see how that, how that lineup evolves. And I'm sure the women's, or the, the women's meets are similar, right? They'll have uh, – I'm actually going to check that while I'm here. They'll have a similar number of meets, um, they'll have a lot more opportunities for results. But I, like we were saying with the, with the women, the deal is who, okay. They also had five. The deal with the women is how do they separate, like who separates themselves in the younger part of the pack? Some of the old guard is rotated out. How do they move forward? How do they continue to produce that NCAA top 20 level moving forward? Yep. Cool. Kind of hit the, pretty broad points here and i don't know if if there's uh if there's anything out there that people want to hear us touch and circle back more on we're also happy to do that too i want to put that out there yeah uh, i don't know I, these are definitely two sports that we we are still learning about for the most part i think um yeah. 
we're, we're trying to, it's just because you can't watch these on TV. It's hard to watch, yeah. to get these on TV. So um, it's hard to get to, and, and also it, it's a lower tier sport in terms of college sports, in terms of media access, but we want to give it the attention that it's due. Yeah, I'd agree. Cool. First time on Zoom, Jake. How do, what do you think? I love to see your shining face. <laughs> we still talked over each other a little bit, but I, I don't know. Zoom, Zoom is more solid than Uber conference just because I don't have to listen to that freaking uh, dial tone. Come on, hold. Oh, yeah, that one. Okay, we got, we got six minutes until the U.S. play another heart attack of a batch. How about you say we call it here? I think that sounds like a plan. Where can they find us? Uh, I am at JakeGrant98 on Twitter, uh, but you can also find me uh, at FTRS blog. Uh, I am A.K.E. Schwaran on Twitter, and you can find me at FTRS blog alt. Wait, no, I don't think we have an alt, but from the rumbleseat.com or at gmail.com. Send us an email, click on our links, leave us a comment. We, we do want to hear from you if you have comments and, and I don't know. Akshay's DMs are open too, so. <laughs> don't do that. Don't don't do that. That's not an invitation. We'll we'll see y'all next week.